The subject is as serious as you can get it today. I think with looking around in our country, there's some serious things happening, isn't there? And uh, it's making people think, and I hope they'll think long and hard enough to come to the truth. Last week we looked at creation and God's handiwork and how everywhere is the witness of creation. <clears throat> the gravity and seriousness of the week's fires, previous and this week, can't be under, understated or underestimated. If you've been in one, you know what it's like. And there's firefighters here, Captain of the Fire Brigade, ex-Captain of the Fire Brigade. And um, <clears throat> they know what it's like to be involved. And uh, two of the big ones, 83, Ash Wednesday and Black Saturday, uh, two of the family farms were burnt out. So you know a little bit about the consequences and the cost. The poor people that have been through this and are still going through that. You know, this time we have 15 million acres burnt out so far without last night. On Ash Wednesday, there was only 3 million acres burnt out. 15 million acres, which is three, three quarters the size of Ireland burnt out. A third the size of England. A third of England has been burnt out, as it were, here in these fires. And we can be thankful that it's out there in the bush, most of it, but it's infringed on the coastal communities, as you know. Um, <clears throat> Black Saturday only burnt 1.1 million acres, but we can't comprehend the size, can we? Australia's a big place. Warnings have been issued to get out, evacuate voluntarily. Then directives came to get out or else. <laughs> And uh, people have, and some people are here today because of that compulsory getting out. You must get out. Commentators, if you've been listening to some of the news this week, have used words like unprecedented, apocalyptic, Armageddon. <laughs> These are biblical words. And I don't know if they know their Bible, but it is true. It will come. One commentator I heard was looking at the line of cars getting out and said the caption was escaping from hell. It would be good if we could, but we can't if we go there. It's other, you know, headings, you've read them, seen them. Nation under siege. But I like the one, ship us to salvation. Ship us to salvation. The army went in and shipped people out. And I thought, you know, because you think spiritually, I hope, <laughs> you think, yes. Ship us to salvation. There's only one way, isn't there? <laughs> and who is the way? The Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only way to eternal salvation. And so this morning we consider this <clears throat> serious subject. And somehow, sorry Troy, I got you reading half that portion. <laughs> And it was supposed to be from Hebrews, but it's my mistake, not Elisa's in the bulletin. Hebrews in the same verses, 18 to 31. But that fitted in anyway, <laughs> half of the story there from Luke chapter 16. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> we've seen the images of the firestorms. 
inundated with news constantly on these things. The little ones probably can't comprehend what is happening. Properties destroyed, persons have been destroyed, gone out into eternity. <clears throat> These pale into insignificance when we think of what the Bible says about hell. What we have seen, what we've experienced, and what we will and maybe in the future still pale into insignificance when you think of hell. Eternal abode of Satan, called the dragon in Revelation 20, verse 10. The beast, Antichrist, and the false prophet. And last but not least, it also is the dwelling place of all those that disobey the gospel. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. If we could do what the government, Victorian government has done and issue a, a saying that all have to get out, it's compulsory, we would. But God hasn't done that. He's given an invitation to get out and not to go to that place, has he not? It's an invitation through the gospel that we have received. And here in Second Thessalonians Chapter 1, these very pointed and serious verses, and they all are really today. We read in verse 6, Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation on them that trouble you. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. <clears throat> Oh, what soberness and sanctity of thought these truths should bring to our lives. What carefulness it should gender in us. What clearing it should cause us to seek, or cleansing it should cause us to seek at the mercy seat of the, of the Lord. He has the keys of death and hell. He is the one that comes to judge, as it take, tells us in this verse, these verses. And this is everlasting destruction. And hell is no joke. Over in the book of Proverbs, chapter 29 and verse 1, we read this. He that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed. And that without, without remedy. There's no remedy to that situation. Who has often been told the way of truth, but has refused to listen and heed the message. In chapter 30 of the book of Proverbs and verse 15 and 16, the horse leash hath two daughters crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say not it is enough. The grave and the barren woman. And these two explain what we have here in our country. The earth that is not filled with water. Drought. 
and the fire that saith not, it is enough. That's pretty pointed, isn't it? The earth that is not filled with water and the everything is dry as a bone and the fire that saith it is not and it just keeps going. Most people, most places, most churches will not touch on the subject of hell because they say God is a loving God. But he is also a God of justice and righteousness. He has grace and mercy and love but he has the, the side that balances that and he must do what is right. He will do what is right. Let's pray before we look at the heart of the sermon. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. And I pray that we might see the gravity of the situation for eternity, not just the physical things that are happening around us, but the eternal gravity. If all of us could just see, if everyone could just see what it is like on the other side. Lord, we have your word. We can see. But to physically see this, we would flee to the foot of the cross and repent and be saved. And I pray that people may do that today, may not blame you for what's going on, but may seek your face and seek the salvation you offer. Lord, we pray that you'd be with those that have lost everything in this life, but still have their f physical life, that they, Lord, might not grow bitter, but, Lord, would turn to the one that can really give them life and really give them that which they seek, not in material things, but in e eternal things. Lord, be with the leadership of our country and those that are making decisions, be with those that are fighting the fires, uh, strengthen them, Lord, and may they be kept safe. We pray and ask this, your blessing on the service today in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> and we'll go back to Luke chapter 16, and maybe you can put a, a bookmark in there. We'll be back and forward in and out of this section of Scripture. Now, we start out with speaking of hell, but we end up speaking of heaven, so we'll get there. <laughs> First of all, hell is sure. In chapter 16, verse 19 and 20 of Luke, it reads, There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores. This talks about real people in real life and gives a name to one. It speaks of the one being tormented and the other being blessed, as we read on. <clears throat> and the, verse 21, and desiring to be fed with crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And he came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and he was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, and cried, and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of my, his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember thou that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Folks, hell is sure. This is the word of God. This is what God has said. 
Listen to what he is saying, not to what we think or what we'd like to think it to be so. Hell is for sure. Numbers 32:23 in the last part of that verse says, "Be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure it's the case. It will happen." Romans 2 verse 2. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Be sure of this fact. It is according to truth. Everything will be brought into judgment. All judgment has been committed to the Lord Jesus. And as we say, no barristers, no lawyers, no one to get you off the hook or, or get uh, the prosecutor to make you stumble in a word and then get off. None of those things. Hell is for sure. It's, the judgment is for sure. There are only two eternal states and destinies, are there not? It's hell or heaven. There is no nirvana. There is no soul sleep. There is no purgatory. There is no reincarnation. I don't know if I'd like to come back as an animal. <laughs> they say, f I mean, just being an animal anyway, but <laughs> the, the way we treat them, <laughs> we eat them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> unless you're a, a vegan. <laughs> but <clears throat> they say, for now, I don't know how they figure it, 480 million animals have died so far in the fires now they must estimate that per acre and um, add it all up but uh, they, there's no escape even birds you know when they get in that heat column they lose their, their feathers melt and they just drop if you if you've seen that maybe they don't put that on tv but that's that's what happens and uh, <clears throat> there's no no purgatory no getting out there's, it's a one-way road to hell, and there's only one road to heaven too. The one-way road to hell is the broad road that leads to destruction, and many are they that are on it. The narrow road, few bear there be that find it. <clears throat> there's no annihilation, as some people might might say and might like to think so that death is the end of it all and we're done with in Revelation 9 11 it says they have a king over them who is the angel of the bottomless pit whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon <laughs> coming out of the of hell Matthew 25 41 then shall he the Lord Jesus Say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And before we go any further, and I, I emphasize this every time I speak about hell, God did not create hell for any person. He did not. He created it for whom? The devil and his angels. It says it clearly in scripture. He doesn't want you to go there. He has waited 6,000 years for people to turn to him under every different economy of God throughout the Old and the New Testament. And we're under grace today. <clears throat> he doesn't want you to go there. He doesn't want anyone listening to go there. He wants you to repent and be saved and be his child forever. And he wants to dwell with you and I who are redeemed forever. 
But if we disobey the gospel, as we saw in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, there is no other way. There is no hope for those that don't. But the devil will be there and it's assigned him and his angels. He's the ones that followed him in the rebellion against God. Hell is sure. Hell is hot. Hell is scorching or searing heat. <clears throat> as the man in Luke 16 and verse 24, as we read, said, Cool my tongue, and also I am tormented in this flame. <clears throat> I am tormented. And how many times is that word used there? I see it in verse 24, verse 25, verse 23. The word tormented, verse, verse 28, there it is again. Hell is scorching. <clears throat> I remember when Ash Wednesday happened and I was trying to phone up, but that time telecom lines were all <clears throat> above ground, so they all burned out. Eventually got onto one of my brothers <clears throat> about three days later and just talking to him about, because he was right in the middle of it with a bulldozer, the D7. And he said when it, he'd surrounded, he'd put a thing around the one at Cockatoo, a, a fire break, and the fireys were waiting for that to come in and hose it out, and then the wind picked up. And he said he just backed up through the bush, backed up on the road, people driving to their death in the, just panic everywhere, finding people crawled up, culverts dead in there, and it was a gruesome sight and things to behold that he said you couldn't touch. You couldn't touch the steel on the bulldozer. Your hand would just stick to it. It was so hot. And you think of this. I'm making it real. You think of that for eternity. In a body that cannot be destroyed. And, and you just, why do people not want to listen to the message of God's love? that he wants to save them, save them from this terrible place. <clears throat> melted cars, you've seen it this week, melted gearboxes just melted and run down, the, the melted metal run down the dirt from the, the intensity of the fire. Each fire is like that. You ask the fireys that are here even today, some of the couple of you have been there, haven't you, fighting fires this week up there? In, in Jinjalik or someplace, I think Chris and Matthew, Matthew you, you, were, you were there. I don't know if others have been there. But um, you can see the consequences of the heat, the fire. And this is only a little bit. Hell is a continual firestorm. <clears throat> I remember mum when the second fire went through and she was getting pretty old by then. She was in her 80s and it went through Akron fire and she said when it came and it's the same as what people are saying now it sounded like a thousand jet engines coming all of a sudden over you <clears throat> and she was in a in a ute with one of her nieces in a four-wheel drive and she said and she didn't know she's on the fire she's on the fire station radio thing and she said she said to uh, who was it one of them that <laughs> can't remember the name of the niece let's go home and cook some scones for the men after the fire <laughs> she didn't know she'd have a house, but there, she, there they went off. 
And um, I phoned them and got through just after they'd all come in and they were so excited about beating the fire, or half of the fire on half of the property, that I couldn't get sense out of them. <laughs> they, they were pleased that they were, they were still alive and, and still had a house and they were eating the scones. <laughs> but Mum <clears throat> was known to say that on the radio and the fireys thought it was pretty funny. Here's an older lady saying, we're going we're gonna to beat this. It's not over yet, but we're going to beat it. And uh, they did praise the Lord for that. But hell is hot and it's just, as we've seen this, this week, a picture of that. Hell is severe as it has, and I've mentioned them, verse 23, 24, 25 and 28 in this passage of scripture tells that it is a place of torment. It tells us in the book of Mark, let's turn to this one, Mark chapter 9 and verse 42. Mark chapter 9 and verse 42 to 48. Where we read, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones, that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone were hunged, hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to enter into life maimed than to having two hands and to go to hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It's better for thee to have to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Four times that's said. And if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. <clears throat> it's better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes and to be cast into hell. Hellfire, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched, five times. For everyone shall be <coughs> salted with fire, and every sacrifice be salted with salt. And you can read on there. <coughs> but <coughs> where the fire is not quenched, where the worm dieth not. I was reading an article, I didn't bring it along this morning. <clears throat> the people say, when you talk about it, oh, well, I'll go there with me mates. <laughs> you go there with your mates, you know what? It'll be outer and outer darkness, and there'll be no talking or fellowshipping in hell. This is a terrible place. It's a terrible place. And they don't know the truth and the reality of it, but I was reading that article, the same one that I quoted from last week about heaven, it had a little bit about hell in it. And <clears throat> it is not going to be quenched. And uh, <clears throat> you've seen the darkness that come upon them even in the daytime. It's better that you enter life without these facilities that you have in your body than to go to a fire that is not quenched. <clears throat> when we used to trap rabbits to sell skin and sell them as a, as a kid on the farm, we come across a trap 
and we found the foot of a fox in it. Well, what's going on here? Well, the fox put his foot in it. And you know what he did to get out of our hell <laughs> that we would have brought upon it? He chewed his foot off. He chewed his foot off. It's better to have go into life named without one of these facilities than to go to hell. God has told us. God has warned us. These are just a few of the passages we're touching on. <clears throat> darkness, a place of utter darkness, a place of fire. And darkness and fire go together. We've seen that this week, have we not? In Malakuti and the places that the fire has come over, even yesterday, the darkness that comes, an eerie darkness. Hell will be not only sure and scorching and searing and severe, but also it will be sudden. In Luke chapter 12, if we go back to Luke, not to the portion in chapter 16, and, but chapter 12 this time in verse 20, where we read this. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then who shall those things be? which thou hast provided. <clears throat> we don't know the day of our passing. We don't know how we're going to die. <laughs> but this man said, This night thy soul, it was told, This night thy soul shall be required of thee. How many of the of times have people commented on the fact that the fire came on them so suddenly? One they're back on New Year's Eve, 25, 24 kilometres in an hour, the fire had moved. <clears throat> and it comes on suddenly, without warning, unprepared. There's a day coming, and it's coming soon, in which God's wrath, not just an, a fire like this, will be felt by this world. And it will come suddenly upon them, and they shall not escape unless they have been saved prior. We shall be saved out of the hour of tribulation. Even those this week who said they were prepared, and they're, they're not silly people, they're farming people, they're logical people, they're practical people, they made every preparation, but still lost their place. They don't believe, didn't believe it could happen, but it happened. And folks in the spiritual realm, people don't believe. Hey, it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, it's going to happen. It will happen. And it will happen suddenly, often, and quickly. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 12, it talks about a man that went pretty quick. And immediately, it said, an angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms. You know, there's a sudden heart attack. A sudden tragic event, an accident, the world calls them. Christians call them appointments. An act of God, it used to be said in a country. A wind change. And for the, that young man that lost his life this week with the fire truck overturning, that was part of Ian Dunn's, where you're captain of the that truck, <laughs> one of those trucks that he had there in his use. And 
Brother Dunn has talked to, the, uh, to surviving men that he knows well. But suddenly it happened. Uh, totally unexpected. And as Brother Dunn said in Fighting a Fire More You, was it? Somewhere he just told me yesterday that one of those collapsed, the columns collapsed on him and all the fireys got down on the rocks and just laid flat among the rocks so they didn't get sucked up. It's pretty severe. And folk, the reality of hell, you can't stop it. You see, you might be able to get away from a fire here, but you can't when it comes. God has a day appointed. It is appointed unto man what? Once to die, but after that the judgment. The judgment. It says in Matthew twenty four, thirty eight to thirty nine, eating and drinking until the flood came and took them all away. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. It says in the Old Testament, I think it's the book of Ezekiel. <clears throat> People go out into eternity lost forever, suddenly taken. And that's almost three a second are going out into eternity. <clears throat> Hell is sure. Hell is searing or scorching, severe and can be suddenly brought upon us. But let's look at the hope at the end of the message here, or partway through two-thirds. Hell can be alleviated. There's better than this, but let's look at these verses in chapter 12 of the book of Luke, and verse 46 to 48. And the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and an hour when he is not aware, and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant who knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not, and did not commit things worthy of stripes, shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him much shall be required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will seek or ask the more. Here, there's one that's beaten with many stripes. Who is that one? That is the one that knew, but refused to obey. They had knowledge of a lot of things. And, and folks, we need to be warned as Christians. Now, we're not going to be beaten with stripes, but there's a loss of reward, or there's a getting of a reward. And many will lose because they have not done what they were asked of the Lord through scripture, through sermons and preaching, and through the conviction of the Spirit to do. But these men are unsaved. But some get many stripes and some few stripes. Some in this world have not been in the presence of a preaching sermon or, or the word of God and have not that. They will be beaten with few stripes. But the more stripes will be to those countries and those peoples who have heard it and heard it and heard it again and again. For children in families that are Christian and they reject the message of salvation. Many stripes. In chapter 10 of the book of Luke in verse 12 is an interesting verse here. In 10.12 it reads, But I say unto you that it, it shall be more tolerable in, in that day for Sodom than for that city. And that city was where the gospel had been preached. For instance, Capernaum, where Jesus centered his ministry on the side of the sea, the west side of the Sea of Galilee. 
it will be more tolerable for them than Sodom in the day of judgment. Why? Because they heard it, and they heard it, they saw it, and they saw it, and they rebelled. Now, folks, you're here today, and you're, you know you're not a Christian. In your heart, you know. You're in a Christian family. You, could put, you put on all the airs and graces of a Christian, and you're not a Christian. Read these verses over again. Be warned. Hell can be alleviated, but hell is still hell, isn't it? They were judged in Revelation 20, verse 13, every man according to their works. Why need a judgment if there are not degrees of punishment in hell for eternity? Hell can be alleviated. That's not, it's better news than just total bad news. But hell can be avoided, is the next point there. Hell can be avoided. John chapter 3 what does it say in verse 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is the good news. This is the gospel. John's gospel, chapter 3 and verse 16 and following because I need, we need to read the other verses. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. No, no. Our own sins can condemn us. That the, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So there's condemnation and no condemnation spoken of here. Are we out of Christ or are we in Christ? We've heard the warnings, get out, get out. Scene of fiery there. Uh, <clears throat> he was on the road directing traffic. And you, you've probably seen it. And he was telling them through. And, and they were wanting to go straight. And he was yelling at them. Get down that road. And then he looked behind. He must have heard. And then looked behind him. The freight train was coming. And the fire was in the bush. And then it was on the trees. And it was way double height, the trees. And he just ran and jumped in his car and took off. You know. <clears throat> Don't wait till it's too late. You're under condemnation. We are all condemned because we are all sinners. We all need to be saved. And I know, yes, I'm preaching to the converted. Maybe there are people listening that aren't converted that need to be saved. But you're under condemnation. You're born under condemnation. We're born sinners. We need salvation. And that from the hand of God and not from any, anybody else. <laughs> From the Lord Jesus and what he has provided for us, as we'll see in closing. <clears throat> so, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the condemnation that light, the Lord Jesus, has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil and they're going to get it for eternity, that is darkness. Come out into the light, for everyone that doth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doth truth cometh to the light, and he, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought of God. Come out. Get out. Flee from the fire that's coming. Flee from the what? Wrath to come. <clears throat> he commands all men everywhere to repent just as our government has said get out 
flee the fire. Don't stay. Even if you think you can defend your property, get out. Get out. And God commands all men to get out. Flee to the cross. Everywhere to repent. Have your name recorded in the Lamb's book of life. Hell can be avoided and it's by faith in the Lord Jesus. Is that difficult? No. Can you understand it? Yes. Children can understand that. A warning to all hearers. And this is the passage that was supposed to be read in Hebrews. Chapter 10 and verse 26 there. Earlier in the service. If we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant with which he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite under the spirit of grace. Oh, don't go there. Sore a punishment. It can be avoided by trusting in the Lord Jesus, not sinning willfully after you've received the knowledge of the truth. Should have been used to smoking. (laughs) That's on the bulldozer, I mean. (laughs) Stoking fires, but... He's delivered us from so great a death, has he not? Let's go to one last portion. It's in the Old Testament, chapter 53 of Isaiah. The best news is that hell has been annulled for the believer. As Romans chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 say, there is therefore now... No condemnation to them who have believed. Praise God, it's been annulled. There will never be any fire under your feet if you have believed on the Lord Jesus. If God be for us, who can be against us? What shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, and he goes through a whole list of things Paul Paul gave there. Hell's fire has been born by another for us. He's gone through the fire of God's wrath that we might not have to if we believe. In chapter 53 and verse 4 it reads, Surely he hath borne, and is speaking of the Lord Jesus, our griefs. He has carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Verse 7. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shear is done. He opened not his mouth. The Lord Jesus has borne the wrath of God, For our sins upon himself. 
we stand on burnt ground when we come to the cross because he has borne the wrath. The fire of God has been upon him. But if you want to bear it yourself, just don't believe. But I urge you to believe. <clears throat> it's said if you're caught in a fire like that and the whole place is going to burn anyway, it's best to start a fire yourself and let it blow away from you and then stand on the burnt ground and get into the burnt ground as far as you can. <laughs> Follow the fire because the one coming will get you. And we can say that Jesus Christ has borne the wrath of God for our sins and we stand on the burnt ground and we will be delivered from the punishment to come. <clears throat> God has borne, the Lord Jesus has borne the fury of God's wrath for us. Will you not come today and trust the Lord Jesus? Will you not believe on him? You don't have to go to that place of suffering and torment. The, the fire is raging. God's wrath must come. His justice must be done in this world. Escape while you can. Don't stay. Don't stay. If you heard it again and again over the radio, don't stay. Unbelieve it. Don't stay where you are. Shift. Move to the burnt ground. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, for God hath not appointed us to wrath but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful knowledge from the scriptures we find that as you flee to the Lord, you have deliverance. Have we got that deliverance? We come now to the Lord's table remembering what he's done and we ought to appreciate as we think about it this morning, what he has done for us in bearing our sins in his own body on the tree, bruised, chastised, stricken, smitten, afflicted, oppressed. These words were what we just read for us. Hell's fire is a lot hotter than what we've seen. And it never ends. And there's no escape. You say you're trying to frighten me into heaven. Anyway, <laughs> you ought to be warned. You ought to be warned. Now, we could preach a, gospel, a message on the love of God. Well, it ties together, doesn't it? <laughs> the love of God has borne our sins. <laughs> he, the Lord Jesus, bore our sins in his own body. The love of God saves us from the penalty of eternal punishment. The love of God is offered freely every day to anybody that comes. Won't you come to the Lord today? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the warnings from your word. And as we have a physical example all around us, even in the air we breathe this morning. Oh God, we, we thank you for heaven and for the blissful promise of it, the wonders of it. But we are broken hearted for our fellow countrymen who, who haven't repented and are on the broad road. And Lord, there's judgment coming. And they, they, they've been told to get out. They've been told to move and don't stay. Come to the cross and believe. Oh Lord, that people through this would be saved. Saved for eternity. Not only in this life from a fire, but from the fire of eternity. Give us opportunities to speak 
quietly, humbly to fellow citizens of this country that they might be saved. We have no desire that they be punished, nor do you, but they come to repentance. Bless us now as we remember, we remember the fire and the wrath of God on our blessed Saviour that we might have life forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.